Hi, I'm Sherry Williams, and together with my husband, Dr. Ed Williams, we're on a mission helping women feel beautiful and confident at every age. We've been married for 22 years, and one of the most amazing things we've done together is raise four beautiful kids. Over the past 25 years, together with our team, we've built a successful facial plastic surgery practice and have helped so many women who struggle with so many things. Come hang out with us as we share our secrets on all the things. Let's do this. Well, hello there. Hey, everyone. How are you? Good. I'm saying hello to you. Oh, hi to you. (laughs) And we can say hi to everyone, too. (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) Back to business. He's all business. You have to learn how to relax a little. I am relaxing. Okay. I actually gave him a glass of wine tonight so he could relax just a little bit. Yes. Okay. So we're focused. He's like, let's go. Let's get this done. Yeah, so let's get this done. Okay. <laughs> let's 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 make sure we're providing some uh, some value here. Yeah. So hello to everyone. Welcome back to Secrets Podcast, Episode Two. Thank you so much if you're joining us brand new, and if you're hopping on for the second time, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We're very excited to roll this out. Uh, it's something we've talked about for a very long time, and yeah, long time. we have so many frequently asked questions, I feel like, and this we decided was a great way to share all the things all yeah. at once and be able to yeah, share there's, with a lot of people. There's a lot of misconceptions and things that don't make sense out there, so we wanted to share that. Um, certainly, anyone who's interested, uh, you know, subscribe, um, and uh, we love it if you share with other people, someone you think might be interested or benefit, right? Okay. So, definitely, definitely, yes. So this one, episode two, favorite non-invasive ways to stay looking young. So last week, we talked more about kind of my five favorite tips that I've come up with. And if you didn't hear us last week and you like that information, if you visit my website, which is www.sherrywilliams.org, just give me your email and I'm going to send you for free a little list of my favorite five little tips. So you can go and check that out. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so to, you know, just kind of like a refresher on those, using sunscreen every day, drink half your body weight in water, moisturize in the morning and night, use a good eye cream with a retinol, that's important, and exfoliate two to three times per week. So those are just some kind of things. If you're If you're looking for just like that refresher, you're looking in the mirror, you're feeling a little tired, we're coming off winter. Those are great five tips that you can do easy at home for yourself every week. And it's a game changer when you get your skin right. It is. And I think that, you know, before we even talk about um, non-invasive type options, it's also really important to, to understand that people who take good care of themselves always look more youthful. What do we mean by that? We've talked about it before. You know, getting to bed, I know this sounds so common sense, but so many people don't do it. Um, stress in your lives. Uh, maybe you need to work out to help with that. Uh, it's hard to eliminate stress when you have jobs and you have kids and all that 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 other stuff, right? Kids give yes. us our stress. And I think too, I know for me, when I'm feeling tired, I feel even more tired if I'm not regularly working out. 
No, so there's no question. It, it's kind of one of those things <clears throat> like, oh, I'm too tired to work out. I'm too tired to get to the gym. Or even maybe you have something in your basement. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we kind of have a combination of both, which works great. Both. And yeah. you don't need a lot. You don't need a lot of equipment or anything to get a good workout. You can use your body weight. Yeah. There's so many apps now that you can easily, in a hotel room, in your basement, in your bedroom, whatever it might be. If you have a baby, use your baby for weights. I did that. I did that a lot, right? Yeah, no. And there, so the, you know, other things you can do about stress. I, I find, I was talking to someone today who's a small children and, you know, we, we talked about getting up in the morning early and uh, spending time to, some people call it, you know, how, whether it's, you know, meditate or pray or just time for yourself. I think that's a, if you can have the discipline to get up a little earlier, um, my whole day goes better if I just sit and think through my day. These are little things. Getting to bed early. You can't get up early if you don't get to bed early. Being disciplined enough to, to you know, get yourself organized. Um, and, uh, you know, watch your consumption on, you know, food, alcohol, those type of things. All of these things um, are going to make you look and feel, um, you know, feel happier, feel healthier, which is going to translate into looking better. And that isn't, this is before we're even touching on some of the non-invasive type things. I've seen people who just, I mean, you have a natural talent for makeup and style and hair, hairstyle mm-hmm. and uh, color and nails. A lot of people don't. Right. And before they even think about Botox, I, I would visit with a consultant, whether it's a great hairstylist or something. But uh, I can't believe the number of people that uh, still wear hair in the 80s. You know, yeah. I mean, really. And it just ages them something awful. Well, I do think that's kind of one thing that, we talked about, and I'm just gonna just gonna do a little blurb here because I mentioned that technology was one of our um, reasons that this has taken us a little bit longer, but to get this put together, and we had a little technology snafu last week because we already did this episode and we have to do it again because we had a little blunder, but right. it's okay. Right. But with that being said. Um, I'm getting a little, did we mention this in the first one? Was it the second recording? Whatever. But if I already said this once, I'll just say it again, that hair and makeup are something that really can take years off of yourself. So if you're used to always wearing your hair one way and you've done it for a long time, I think some people feel like that keeps them looking the same. In reality, that's a good point. I believe it kind of ages you because it probably is dating you to a time that you looked great before. It's, I'm not saying that you can't look great with the same hairstyle, but when you keep it fresh or a little bit different and you can have a different hairstyle with the same length. And I think sometimes women, it's harder for women than it is for men. So I'll just, um, I don't think. No, but I think this is a, no, it's a really, really good point. I mean, why go spend money on Botox or microdermabrasion when there are so many beauty tips, things like that, that you can. Yeah. So uh, my, like my best advice would be find a girlfriend or someone that, you know, maybe it's someone at church or maybe it's someone at your gym or something like that, that has a really nice sense of style and just reach out to her and say, Hey, I really like your hairstyle. You know, who do you go to? Or if it's their clothing that they're wearing, find out where they shop and make a visit or go to you may have a great hairstylist so just call her up and say listen i just feel like i need a little change and do a little something different yeah so 
now that we kind of cover that because I think, I think that's important uh, as yeah. well. And I and don't know if I mentioned this. And it's a, fun yeah. because who doesn't like, you know, going off to the hair salon? I do. Yeah. I mean, you probably don't as much. But no, to me, it is a nice little treat for women. To check off the list. Yeah. For you, me. it's like torture to yeah. make the time to go get a haircut. So one thing, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but this is, this is real. Um, so we know that the muscles in our face when we smile and frown um, create wrinkles. There is something else that, that really does contribute to aging of the face. And I can tell you my stories um, that I've seen with patients. And one is the way we sleep. Um, yes. It, if people, if you could sleep on your back, that is ideal. If you sleep with the right cheek smushed in the pillow every day, you are going to have more aging on that side of your mm-hmm. face. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. I see it. Um, so it's not something that's made up. It's real. In fact, I see people who have occupations where they are driving in a, for example, a male person. Yes. Uh, and the left side of their face has more, you know, people say, well, but, but they're inside the window. No. If you look at carpets and wood floors and things that get faded out by the sun, um, that can happen to your, the aging can, can occur in your face as well. And you'll get sun staining, you'll get wrinkles and those type of things. Now, how do you protect yourself if you have that, that type of occupation? I mean, I guess you can put some sun, you know, because incidental light does affect that. But yeah. these are things that are important before you even start thinking about some non-surgical or even, you know, surgical options. So, so one question I have for you, yeah. because we're going to talk about some non-surgical options, are the categories or age groups that are coming to see you because I think they are broken up a bit. Well, there's... Because we're seeing, definitely seeing younger now, let's say for Botox. But there's a reason for that. Right. There's a reason for that. I mean, let me just go back, you know, 2002, Botox was um, FDA approved, or 2003, April 2003, I remember. We were actually in the Outer Banks um, when it was announced. But we had been using it off-label, and I'll explain what that means because doctors can do that. Um, you know, we've been doing it for years, but, um, you know, Botox and now we're seeing it, you know, back then in 20, and even in 2005, we would be at healthcare fair or health fairs and people would come up and say, Oh, that, you know, that's a toxin. I'm going to, not going to use that poison in my face. You know, it's the number one, most cosmetic procedure. It is so safe. Um, it has been used all over and there's a reason why it is because it is safe, but the perception is different. And we're now seeing, because if you have, like, for example, twin studies where one twin gets Botox, say crow's feet area mm-hmm. or, or frown area, and you follow them for, for a number of years, the one who gets the Botox will have fewer wrinkles because the, the lines are only where, where um, you know, animation or activity has been. So we're seeing the 25-year-old um, More so now preventative. as a preventative, even though that's not... Um, you know, uh, it's all used off label and maybe I should just talk about that mm. for a minute before, cause we were going to talk about Botox, but let me just mention what that means. So when the FDA decide, or when, when a company tries to get, uh, what's called a label an indication for a drug medication, what have you, Botox included, they submit application to the FDA and they have to prove that it's safe. And then they have to prove that it works. And so they have 100 you know, patients with drug X and 100 without. And then they, they 
have uh, blinded observers, in other words, the people who are quantifying this on the, on the back end, don't know what the other, you know, so they don't know who got what. And they can prove statistically that there is a difference. When they go through that process and the FDA says, okay, you know, we're going to sanction this and say it's FDA approved, that means they can talk about it. They can say this is an indication. They can actually advertise for it, which years ago they couldn't, but now they can advertise. What that means now so, for example, the first indication for Botox was was in the frown line area, mm-hmm. the glabellar area, and that meant that um, Allergan, yeah, in the forehead, the L, the elevens, right, right, and that meant that the company couldn't talk about it in the crow's feet area, couldn't talk about it in the gummy where it's used in a gummy slime, uh, gummy smile, and that type of thing. But what it meant is uh, that doctors could, if they have evaluated something, feel it's in the patient's best interest. Um, they can, providing they tell the patient, this is not an FDA indication, mm-hmm. but I believe it will help you. They can use it, what's called off-label. Mm-hmm. And so actually most of the Botox uh, applications now are off-label, mm-hmm. but they're still, for example, in the crow's feet, they've got it. They, they've got it now for headaches. Mm-hmm. And in fact, years ago, we were, as, you know, physicians were using it for headaches, and um, they weren't supposed to talk about it. The company wasn't. In fact, they got themselves in trouble and settled a $700 million lawsuit because some of the reps were talking about it. Oh, okay. So so doctors can use things off-label. And I think it's important for people to understand that. And sweating, um, excessive sweating. Excessive sweating. You know. So there are a number of indications now. And, of course, uh, the other uh, neuromodulators are trying to get these indications. So I, I just want to mention that we're, you know, as we start to talk about Botox and age, we are seeing younger people now. And it's used typically off-label and it's used in the, you know, the 11s and in the crow's feet area. That's probably the most common. So, but let's get back to skin a little bit because you asked me some questions earlier, right? Um, yes. You know, uh, about there's different there's different ways that we, yeah, very so popular we, ways to treat the skin. Yes. So, <clears throat> some other non-invasive or non-surgical options for skin. So, let's say you're doing all the things and you have some hyperpigmentation. There's only so much that you're going to get out of your skin care that's going to Correct. alleviate something that's uh, Correct. hyperpigmented. Because that's deeper in your tissue. Correct. So what would depending be, on the hyperpigmentation, you know, some yes. of it's more superficial. So let's others. say you're if you if you're someone who's gone through a pregnancy and you've had the mask of pregnancy, which is difficult. Yes, so very that's difficult. Hard, but we're seeing with micro needling, which is different than micro dermabrasion. Yes. So I think those two things are good to talk about because okay. they're both different. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I don't want to get get off on a big tangent on hyperpigmentation because that's a whole topic unto itself. Yeah. Which we can but it do is part of time and cover it is part of the stuff. aging. It is part of the aging. And so some people can get it from, and really, if you think about it, you have the pigment cells, the melanocytes, and the darker your skin, the more melanocytes you have. You have the pigment cells fighting, uh, you know, because they're trying to spew out pigment when they're stimulated by the sun and even by incidental light, and then you have us trying to clear the pigmentation. So it's always a little bit of a war and a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some things we can do. There are, there are a couple different types of lasers that works on some of the brown spots. Uh, the mask of pregnancy is a little more difficult. And a lot of these we can um, we can treat and lift with certain types of peels, some of the lighter peels. So as we get onto microdermabrasion, what is microdermabrasion versus microneedling, right? 
Um, now, we in our practice choose not to do microdermabrasion. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. I just I feel that that really belongs in the hands of the estheticians. We work with registered nurses, and um, everything we do is medical grade. So microdermabrasion is basically, it's like sandblasting with these mm-hmm. little crystals. That in sandblasting is, you know, uh, sand coming out under pressure. That's what they used to take paint off of some of the buildings, right? So these little microcrystals kind of sandblast the skin. It gets sucked up by the instrument. And what it does is it really takes off the dead layer of skin called the stratum corneum. Um, More so than what you can get out of an exfoliator. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Pretty much. And people people love it. They love the way it makes your skin feel. Um, you know, the down, the plus and the minus is it's very easy. It actually kind of feels tingled. It feels kind of a little good. And you love the way your skin feels when you go out of the esthetician's office. The downside is it does not do anything at a deeper level. It does not do anything permanent in any so way. So for a long-term lasting result... Yeah, I mean, it's it's important to go with a, a deeper modality of some mm-hmm. sort. If so, you're looking for, you know, a medical yeah, change. Med, yeah, so there are, you know, there are things that can be done along those lines. Um, so how does microneedling do? Think of a sewing machine with a needle going up and down. Microneedling is, is a, a lot of these little needles. What we do is put a topical cream on first to numb the skin. And the microneedling, and again, done in a physician's office, can go up and down a little mm-hmm. at a little um, deeper level. But with that, we can we can put some uh, treatments on there that may help with hyperpigmentation, it gets down deeper in the skin, um, and even using PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma. Some people have been doing that. It's kind of like a growth factor mm-hmm. for the skin. So we, you know, we are big fans of microneedling because we'll often use that in conjunction. With really, for example, really shallow, shallow acne scarring or some very, very fine wrinkles. And we can use that in conjunction with like Retin-A and some of the topical therapies, which are kind of like fertilizer. Right. You think of this This is a, as a way to kind of stimulate and maybe resurface. Then the Retin-A can work as uh, some kind of a, a fertilizer. And so, I've had microneedling because I had the hyperpigmentation yeah. along my jawline, and which helped, we're right? pretty sure came about from using a blow dryer and blowing out my hair a lot. Uh, and it, oh, it definitely helped. Amazing. Yeah. It requires a number of treatments and it doesn't do work if you just do one, you know, that kind of thing. So I think I had maybe three or four. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it didn't take a lot and I saw dramatic results mm-hmm. and it's been a really long time, probably over a year since I've yeah. Well, so, you know, it's a challenge when you have someone who's not, com- quote, compliant, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, someone who you do that, you work through this process, and then they're back out on the boat. Right. You know, that's a problem. Or not wearing and your sunscreen, not putting not on the hat, your sunscreen. you know, and, all those things. Yeah, and so. we don't want to stop enjoying life, but it is important to take care of our skin. Yeah, if we're serious about this, I mean, and I think too, some people are, when they hear it, microneedling, like they picture like all these needles. It's not like that. Um, I had it done. It's, it's not a big deal. It's really no, I don't know. I always compare everything kind of to going to the dentist because yeah. I really don't like going to the dentist. And yeah. I think that doesn't feel very good. Yeah, I don't think um, anyone likes going so to the, the dentist. So this is, it's it's really very, very simple to mm. go through a treatment like that. Yeah. I do recommend them numbing cream though because yeah. not everybody no. may be so, using that. So, so that's you, the difference. You ask for numbing cream. Yeah. And then we have peels. You know, mm-hmm. I think that um, 
you know, we we tend to be in love with new technology, right? But the the uh, old fashioned chemical peels, when done well, are really amazing. I mean, I've used them for well over twenty five years now. Uh, there basically there's the glycolic acid, which is the alpha hydroxy type acid. You can use a salicylic acid, and there are a number of lactic acid, um, and they are they do a really nice job of exfoliating. Um, they're not a mechanical exfoliant; they're a chemical, mm-hmm. uh, and it the you know they don't but they don't really do anything at a deeper level. If you do them multiple peels with a little deeper level, um, like the ten percent glycolics and temper, you can actually improve some of the uneven pigmentation, and the skin does over time. Over time, but you have to be willing to commit over time. You do. To you coming do. back every correct what, four to six weeks, right? Um, and then, you know, as you start getting deeper with some of the deeper sun staining and actually real wrinkles, mm-hmm. um, we move into the trichloracetic acid, which is a weak organic acid peel. And the peels, again, back to what I like about them, even more so than some of the, the laser technology, is that it, it can be a much more homogeneous, mm-hmm. a much more even type of um, peel. And the results you, of those are amazing. Oh, no, they're impressive. I mean, I get mean, on the website and check them out. I mean, I've got, I tell like people baby 50. Skin. Yeah, 50, 60, 70% improvement on deeper wrinkling. Um, and I'm not going to get into into the CO2 laser resurfacing or uh, fractionated CO2, but suffice it, well, I'll touch on it a little bit, but suffice it to say they, the chemical peels in a deeper concentration, the physician strength peels, uh, do see real results. There are There's more recovery, uh, but you see some real collagen deposition. And one of the questions people ask me is how long do they last? Mm-hmm. And so a real, like, for example, the chemical peels go from like a 10% up to a 35%. In our uh, clinical environment, the nurses, registered nurses, and even Dr. Pontius does the 10, 20, 15% or 15% up to about 20 once you get into thirty-five percent trichloracetic acid or TCA peels, are the ones that the you know we do. I do as a physician. Um, when you do those, do you do those under a little IV sedation? The the thirty-five percent, um, I, I will because it's a, it's a little much it for, does sting. for yeah. And you know I've done them with no mm-hmm. uh, anesthesia at all, but I I typically I don't like hurting people, and I typically right. talk to the patients. Um, you know, most patients would rather have a little uh, a little sedation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, peels are very very effective. There are um, a couple lasers that I think just worth mentioning: the carbon dioxide or CO two la- CO two laser. That is the gold standard for the deepest of wrinkling. It's a big recovery. We're talking two weeks plus of really looking like a bad sunburn. But I got to tell you, the most impressive results I have. Um, and if again check out our, our website, you'll see what I mean. That the CO two laser are are really the gold standard. A lot of people are not willing to go through that. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of touching on some of the non surgical resurfacing type for skin. Kit for skin. skin, and I think we'll you know what we should just spend the last few minutes on is uh, you know what is Botox and those type of things. But I want to say I want to say something because I think it's important that people know that surgery when it's done well is not seen. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people that have entered the field, and I've been doing this for 25 years. We have all kinds of experts now that are, you know, go to, I don't want to say weekend courses, but they're, you know, they're, you know, um, new to the specialty, let me put it that way. They weren't formally trained in plastics or facial plastic surgery or maybe even dermatology, but they now are interested in this. And, mm-hmm. and what I always say is that, you know, surgery done well is not seen, and we have a lot of people that have imbalanced non-surgical, you know, injections, fillers, and they, they don't 
look good. So mm-hmm. the non-surgical, when not done well, can be seen. Yes. And so I think it's it's important to throw it out there and at least talk about that because, um, you know. Well, I think because probably people think because it's not surgery that maybe it's not as difficult for a technician. So if you're just, you know, you can kind of pop into a, um, like a pop-up clinic kind of thing and get it done because it's not a surgery. So it's, uh, it's an easier, um, it's easier, but it's, it's also very easy to overfill in certain right. it's areas. It's very easy to make mistakes if you're yeah. unsure of, um, the anatomy yeah. and, how it balances out and how the fillers are to be used or what fillers to use in what places. There's so many different options. Correct. And so non-fillers done poorly are seen. Right. And, you know, unfortunately people say, well, you know, they look at somebody and think, well, she must have had some bad plastic surgery when in reality she had nothing surgical. So I think it's important to understand that that a natural rejuvenation really comes down to a balance a balance of understanding, a balance of understanding, is it wrinkling, is it volume loss, is it settling or sagging soft tissue, neck, jowl? And I think what we do really well, too, is um, evaluating all those things. So if someone's coming in and they think, because they've done their research, that they will be best suited for a filler, you may say, actually you're really a better candidate for this option over here. And vice versa. Exactly. Sometimes people come in, they have these, you know, smile lines, right? Deep smile lines, marionette lines, and they think they need a lift. Right. And in reality, you know, even maybe the best lifts. Botox. I mean, look at our, well, a little maybe the Botox and or the depressor muscles, a little filler is much more economical and it is right. a better option, you know, for So I think them. that's really good. That's one thing that we're, we're really good about is customizing yeah, the treatment. Yeah, because I mean, if you take good care of people, they always come back. So I think that's that's why it's important to, and the way we have things set, just the way we have things set up is uh, everyone is a specialist. So we all we all kind of cross over. If I yes. think someone's best served by Doctor Pontius, would right. filler I send them down because mm-hmm. that's in the patient's best interest. Anyway, so let's just for a couple of minutes talk about the difference between. Botox and fillers because that, that question still does come up yes, from time to time. People don't understand. Well, I think it. it becomes confusing because people aren't exactly sure. Right. So there are two broad, the big um, category of Botox, right, is a, what's called a neuromodulator. And what Botox really does is that there is the nerve and the nerve speaks to the muscle and says, okay, contract. And what Botox is, and it's, it's, there's nothing toxic about i mean it's a protein it's naturally made in environment and it gets broken down by your body so it's just amino acids so there's not like a chemical you know i mean people don't understand that um it's just that clostridium bacteria make it and if it it can be you know that's where the clostridium um, bacteria make it and they uh, used in large doses can be toxic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what it really does in a really controlled manner is that when you inject it in a specific way, it talks to them. Basically it binds the receptors on the muscle where the nerves come and then the nerve can't speak to that muscle and right. tell the muscle to contract. That's how it works. It lasts three to six, typically six months or so. And what we really want to do to provide value to the patient is making sure that we are giving them just the right amount 
so that they have a nice sustained result. Mm-hmm. So that so the, the result is six doesn't months, come. they're coming back and that's the right time frame for them. Or it could be well, four months. Most of our months. patients, we typically see them at, you know, four months, three, right. four months. And they but do touch But then you can just, work. yeah, do a little touch Well, they up. don't need as much. Yes. And so you're getting a long-term value. You're getting a better, you know, result from that than you are by just. If you waited eight months. Right. Then you're going to and the other thing I think that we thing. is really important when um, you know the, when you talk about the dosing, we dose by the unit, and the reason mm-hmm. we do that is we only charge patients for for what they use. A male, for example, forehead is a much stronger muscle, requires more Botox. So if they're coming back, they need a little, may need a little bit more of a mm-hmm. touch up. And so we don't. I don't believe in just doing the whole zone and treating because it becomes cost prohibitive for most patients. What people want is really targeted treatment. To give them the most natural mm-hmm. result. So that's one thing. And then there's the the fillers and how do the fillers work? The fillers really work. Most of them are hyaluronic acid type based. And the way they work is that you inject them in areas where there are deep folds and the things that age people. Probably the most popular area that people think are, they think of the marionette lines, right? The puppet, right. Lines. puppet lines. They think of the smile lines. And sometimes actually people really have kind of deflation and uh, volumetric loss in the mid aspect, mid mid part of their face. Now we're seeing, you know, we do see people fill up, you know, too much of the cheeks and too much of the lips. And that's what stands out because it looks unnatural. Well, I think too, another little point to mention here is weight loss, weight gain yeah. and fillers. Yeah. Well, I mean, that also goes on, goes along with, you know, living healthy, right? right. And, you know, and stress on your body and all those things. Aging. You know, if you go through a filler treatment and you get your cheeks done and then maybe you gain 10 or 15 pounds, right. Right. you could easily now have a little too much cheek. Right. Yes. And, you know, I don't want to get into, because, well, this is really the subject for another pod, pod, podcast. You know, if you could talk about just fillers and volume oh, gosh, and fat grafting and sculpture and all yes. that stuff. But I just want to make sure that, you know, people understand the difference between, you know, the Botox type medications. Right. Dysport, Xeomin, those type, they're all uh, of that category that mm-hmm. help relax the muscle and then those that are So if you're fillers. constantly looking in the mirror and you're frowning as you're driving your car and you're getting those 11 lines, right. then... Botox is a nice option for that. Or if you're just, I always kind of look at this phase of Botox fillers as kind of the the pre-phase to something surgical. And when you're looking in the mirror, you're doing all the things, but you're just looking tired all the Mm -hmm. time. It's a nice way to feel and look refreshed right. and really i mean if if you work with a, a real good professional they're they're going to steer you in the right direction and not waste your time and energy and money and yeah so, so i think some of our secrets on this topic yes. would be to find someone that does a lot of these procedures all the time mm-hmm. look at their website before and after pictures talk to someone who's had the procedures done and make sure that you're getting the right treatment option for whatever it is that you're you're finding your need to be right. so that you're being matched up to the right option. Exactly. And then finally, you know, don't forget the common sense basic stuff. Yes. Your sleep, mm-hmm. your schedule. What can I do to minimize my, you know, minimize my stress? Um, and just uh, just some good aesthetics, hairstyle and those type of things go a long way. Before you start to consider any of the uh, non-surgical options. Yeah, so as always, feel free to leave us a comment. 
You can touch base with us on our social media platforms. You can find me, Ms. Sherry Williams, on Instagram, on my website, www.sherrywilliams.org. You can visit williamsfacialsurgery.com. Yeah. And your Instagram is, I always forget it, I think it's edwin.williams.md. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. Anyway. Thanks for spending some time with us. Yes, thank you. And we'll see you next week for episode three. Take care, everyone. Hey, everyone. That was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the episode of the Secrets Podcast today, please consider subscribing on iTunes and sharing it with your friends. As newbies in the podcasting world, we promise to do the best we can every single week and then do better. And we appreciate your support as we navigate the joys of the world of technology. Hey, I have a great idea. Let's stay in touch. You can find me on Instagram at Ms. Sherry Williams, Facebook, Sherry Williams, and online at sherrywilliams.org. And you know what? Head over there and receive my five top tips on anti-aging and feeling refreshed and rejuvenated every single day. And remember, it's absolutely all right to be bold, be beautiful, because that's being you. Until next time, XOXO, Sherry.